Welcome to Tories in 10, where we explore important legal and business developments in just 10 minutes and discuss how they may affect your organization. Okay, so this is the first podcast by uh, the private equity group at Tories on our Tories in 10. I am Micah Cowie. I'm a partner in the private equity group, and I'm here with my partner, Guy Berman, uh, also uh, a lawyer in our private equity group. We started about the same time. We've both been at the firm for 20 years or more, Guy? 20 years plus. 20 years plus, uh, which takes us to the uh, topic that we have here for you today. It is on the Private Equity Pulse 2020 Canadian Private Equity Survey. Uh, now that's a survey that we conducted at our firm uh, working with Ipsos and uh, reached out to uh, a number of private equity sponsors and a number of investment professionals at uh, the pension funds and other clients of ours who are uh, directly in the private equity space. Uh, we got a response by over a hundred of our clients and contacts. And we wanted to chat about this, the first, you know, uh, the inaugural private equity survey in Canada. We don't believe there's anything else uh, similar to it. And just very quickly, you can access it, uh, the survey that is on uh, our website, tories.com. Uh, go either to my link, Michael Akawi, or to my uh, colleagues here, Guy Berman, and you'll find, um, you'll find the survey. Guy, over to you to set up what we're going to talk about. Excellent. Thanks, Mike. Um, so when you guys have had a chance to, to read our survey, you'll see that it's, it's rich in data and, and showing where um, our private equity clients and pension fund clients think we're, we're going in the, in the future. Um, there were a couple things that surprised us, and we wanted to, to focus more on, on those topics uh, for this podcast. And, and the first one is the large deal sizes um, and clients' expectations that deal sizes will um, continue to stay the same or increase. And, and why is that surprising? Um, in 2018, the average deal size by a private equity buyer in Canada was $292 million, and that more than doubled to over $600 million in 2019. And what we saw was 91% of our private equity clients thought deal sizes would stay the same or, or increase. And, you know, ultimately, Canada is a mid-market uh, country with mid-market companies. And, you know, we would have expected that deal sizes will kind of revert to the mean and, and, and be a bit lower. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't good rationales for why deal sizes are higher. And, and I think that's what we want to dive mm -hmm. into here. Um, so the, the first one is, and I'll call this in the pure mathematics category, um, 2019 there were a whole bunch of really large cap deals and that obviously skews uh, deal sizes higher. We saw Onyx buy WestJet for, you know, almost, oh, for over six and a half billion dollars. Blackstone brought uh, Dream Global for almost six billion dollars. Again, that has, that really increases average deal sizes. Um, but there are some other um, trends that, that we've seen in the marketplace. Um, debt is really, really cheap now, which obviously helps with, um, with, with valuations and, and doing deals. Um, there is a lot of competition in the marketplace. Um, we have funds with all-time, uh, you know, all, our pension fund, our private equity funds have um, more capital than they've ever had. There are new entrants in the private equity market. Uh, pension funds are very active and have a lot of dry powder and all of that leads to more capital chasing deals. Um, and what we're seeing is that it seems like almost every year now for the last five years, 
we hear that valuations are at an all-time high. And so over the last five years, um, our clients, that whether they're corporate clients or private equity clients, if they have assets they want to sell, they always think it's the best time to sell at the, at the peak, and they've been selling over the last five years. And I think what's really happened is that there are fewer and fewer great assets mm-hmm. um, coming to market. And when those assets come to market, um, there is a lot of interest and uh, in, inevitably we see lots of auctions with, um, with, with high valuations for those uh, top assets. I mean, Mike, we're seeing it, we're seeing it with deal terms too. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Um, we're seeing as, as I think the market has predicted for a number of years, but has really become uh, far more common these days. And in other words, we've hit there um, where, where most of our deals uh, or many of our auctions for good assets, as, as you said, Guy, are done on almost uh, you know, public company terms, uh, obviously backed up by rep and warranty insurance to, to deal with the risk. Um, I, I agree with you. I think competition is really the base reason for why deal sizes are uh, maybe out of whack a little bit over the last couple of years. And I look at it as we've seen our clients move into different sectors, uh, you know, focusing in areas that you have not seen private equity uh, um, make investments in. And this is almost like its own new sector, you know, the large cap uh, sector. Um, and only some of our clients can play in that field. Some of the you know private equity shops in, in the country, when you add in, as you said, um, you know cheap debt um, on good terms and also lots of co-invest demand, they can they can play in that market and get opportunities that um, that are maybe dwindling or, or or less common these days in the mid market where they're they're used to playing. Yeah, that, that's a good point. A lot of mid market players are are using co-investor money to to, to do de- larger deals. Yep. And, and the other thing we've seen, we've seen all our, our, the Canadian private equity funds are raising larger and larger funds. Um, and as a result, they have to deploy more capital. Exactly. And it's easier to do that by doing larger deals than, than smaller deals. So we're seeing a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy here. Um, the, the other thing that's, that's of note is um, we, we've all seen the number of IPOs over the last mm-hmm. 10 plus years really decrease but but in the last five years and, and we've seen the satori's a lot yeah. where um we have these dual track processes where clients are either going to ipo or sell as a private sale and you know you know in almost every single one of those dual tracks we end up having a private sale because yeah. the private company multiples are now approaching the ipo we're surpassing ipo multiples right uh i think i think that's exactly right and you know also, why why create the headache of getting into the public markets and all the complexity that surrounds securities laws, which luckily neither one of us uh, focuses on? Yeah, but we do have colleagues at the office who are experts in that field and would love to take your call. There you go. Well, and that's a really good segue for our next topic, which focuses on fundraising. Um, so we just talked about how there's a ton of dry powder in the marketplace. Um, private equity funds are raising more and more capital. And what we saw was our pension fund clients, 79% of them said that their allocation to private equity will either stay the same or increase, which is a reflection of what a great asset class private equity is. And so despite all of that, what we found surprising was that more than double our respondents thought that in the coming years, it was going to be more difficult to raise capital. Um, 43% of our respondents said it was more difficult to raise capital in 2020 and beyond for, for their next fundraise. And, and I, Mike, I found this uh, surprising. I, I know you did as well. What, what do you think led to that? 
yeah so so i agree i think it's a surprising stat and maybe maybe the quickest easiest answer explanation is that you know none of our our contacts want to go out there and say it's just going to be easy it's maybe better to be a bit conservative in responding to to your you know prospects of raising a new fund and so that's just more of a a feeling than a than an answer based on the survey. Uh, an answer based on the survey, though, is that a lot of our respondents came back and said that they expect, um, you know, geopolitical or macroeconomic uh, risks and you know concerns uh, to be their biggest concern go, uh, looking forward. So they're probably tying obviously that into. Um, the fact that they may not be able to raise capital as easily. Yeah, and to, to dig to dig in on that, it yeah. was, um, I think it was almost thirty percent. When we asked them what the, what is your biggest challenge in the future, um, almost thirty percent said it was some kind of macro issue. So twelve percent identified an economic downturn right. or recession. Eight um, percent identified geopolitical uncertainty, and seven percent identified um, uncertainty in the macro environment. We didn't give them. It wasn't a multiple choice list, right. this is what they identified. Right, and and this was actually, maybe from a timing perspective, worth mentioning that the survey was just before the COVID-19 outbreak. So those numbers may may look worse today, and you know, especially since uh, we've seen what's happened in the public markets. But um, in addition to, to, you know, these possibilities, one, one other trend that we've been seeing that would have an effect on uh, on fund side fund size is the uh, the co-investment strategy, or maybe more generally the investment private equity investment strategy of some of the pension funds out there. Um, many still uh, have a large fund investment strategy, but that's often now tied together with um, an interest in a co-investment um, strategy and access to to co-investments from their underlying funds. So in order to do that more effectively, we've seen a lot of our clients uh, on the pension fund side narrow their relationships, reduce the number of, of contacts that they have with, with sponsors to build deeper uh, relationships with those sponsors and to, in order to get more access to co-invest opportunities. And similarly, sponsors have, um, you know, have reciprocated with, with various of their investors. And so from that uh, perspective alone, and we can reinforce this point by looking at the number of secondary transactions we've seen in the market where pension funds have sold entire portfolios of, of private equity uh, investments, investments in private equity funds in order to limit their relationships. But that could be another reason uh, that we're, we're looking at an environment and our clients are looking at an environment where uh, the pension funds are being more selective in uh, the number of relationships they have and who they have them with, and so that's creating a little bit of uh, uncertainty on on the side of, uh, of the sponsors and in, in looking forward to their next fund. And so, from a pension fund perspective, they're not reducing their allocation to to, to sponsors, but they're reducing the number of sponsors they invest in. So we'll probably see some winners who get lots of the money from from the sponsors, but as a result, there'll be some losers. And for those guys, it will be harder to to raise capital. Maybe right. that maybe that's the explanation that that would be a good sophisticated explanation for what's happening um, if we don't rely on our first two answers which are also I, I paid him likely. to say good and sophisticated. <laughs> well so I think that's it uh, we covered again two topics that we thought were very interesting in our survey uh, which you can access as we mentioned 
earlier on the podcast um, at Tories.com. And you can also reach out to Guy or me um, on any of these topics. And thank you very much for listening. Thanks and see you soon. Thanks for listening. You can find more insights from our lawyers on Tories.com.